Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. I'd like to preach for you this morning the first Christmas message. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak this morning at Calvary. I want to say that I feel like I have a message of hope for you today, that Christmas is about hope. Amen. And I want to thank Pastor Tom and Pastor Kristen for this opportunity. I love them. Amen. I love them and respect them so much. So it's an honor this morning. Also give honor to Bishop and Sister Ellis. They're some of my favorite people on the planet. And I didn't know that they were going to be here this morning. But praise the Lord, they are here. Praise the Lord. Amen. I was looking for a message about Christmas because you know Christmas is only 10 days away. Okay, how does that make you feel right there? Usually when you uh, have a countdown to Christmas, then the next, the next comment is, do you have your Christmas shopping done? If you do not, raise your hand. Praise the Lord. I never have my Christmas shopping done. People talk about having Christmas shopping done in October. I do not understand that. So praise the Lord. Christmas is in 10 days. Praise God. Since I was thinking about a Christmas message, I gave some thought to when the actual first Christmas message was actually delivered. So I did some research on Christmas And maybe the first Christmas message was actually delivered in the 4th century by Pope Julius I because he's the one who chose December 25th as the birth date of Christ. don't know if you knew that. Uh, Christmas at that, that time was actually called the Feast of the Nativity. And so maybe that was the first Christmas message. But then I thought, no, that's probably not it. So I thought, well, the angels probably had the first Christmas message. Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11 said, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you this day is born in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now that sounds probably like the first Christmas message. Uh, People were talking about Christ coming, and here the angels are proclaiming it. But then I thought, no, there, there were Christmas messages before that. Perhaps the first Christmas message was uttered by the prophet Micah in the 8th century B.C. when he declared in Micah 5.2, But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be a ruler in Israel. So in the 8th century B.C., there was already a Christmas message being preached. He said, There's one coming out of Bethlehem who will become the ruler He's the one you should be looking for. So he, he could have been the first Christmas message. But then I thought, well, Isaiah, he probably had the first Christmas message. Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Hallelujah, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Now that sounds like it could have been the first Christmas message. Uh, But I kept looking farther back to see if there was any Christmas message that maybe even preceded Isaiah. And I found it. 
The first Christmas message was actually delivered by Jehovah himself. And the setting was the Garden of Eden. And his audience was the whole human race and the Prince of Darkness. This message came very soon after Adam and Eve had sinned in the Garden of Eden. And the sentence for their sin had not yet been delivered to them. So before levying the payment for their sin, God stepped up and gave the first Christmas message. It wasn't spoken to Adam and Eve. It was actually delivered to the serpent himself on that morning. The serpent had befriended Eve and he had deceived her. And then he encouraged her to directly disobey God, which began the chain of sin on all mankind. And God said, you know what? It's time for me to stand up and give the first Christmas message. So the serpent, Satan, he was in his day of jubilee. He had, in the worst sense, destroyed a part of God's work. He had introduced sin into the world, and he had stamped the human race with his own image. And the stage was set for the very first Christmas message. So this morning, I'd like to read to you the first Christmas message. My text is Genesis 3, chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And then here it is, verse 15. And I will put enmity. Enmity means the quality of being an enemy, the opposite of friendship, a state of opposition. He said, Satan, I know what you've already done down here, but I'm telling you right now that I will put enmity between you and the woman. You thought she was your friend, but guess what? You're wrong because I have come to put enmity. I have come to put opposition and bitterness and hatred between you and the woman. Hallelujah. And between your seed and her seed. And then he said this, it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Genesis 3.15 was the first Christmas sermon. Although it was only 28 words, it contained every element of the gospel. And within these 28 words lies all the great truths, which are the story of Christ. In these 28 words is the grand mystery of the incarnation, that God came to earth as a man. Hallelujah. That Jesus is the seed of the woman spoken of in the very first Christmas sermon. And there is even a hint as to how the incarnation would be accomplished. So this was the first Christmas message. So I'd like to preach again for you this morning, the very first Christmas message. Here it is. The first Christmas message declared the birth of the Savior. Hallelujah. The Savior would be the seed of the woman, Eve. Can you imagine how Eve must have felt on that morning when she heard this first Christmas message? When she knew that it was her sin who had brought sin into the world and all hope was gone and she knew that death was coming to her. But before judgment was laid out on her, God stepped up with a message of hope and said, from you, Eve, will come the offspring who will crush the head of the serpent. Oh, wow. Can you imagine the hope that entered her on that day to say it's not all lost and it's not all gone, that this serpent who befriended me will be crushed. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. And it will come through my seed that had to give her hope to think she had to live a while because she had to give birth to a baby because there had to be a descendant that would come from her. Praise God. Oh, let me tell you something. If you're without hope this morning, you've come to a place to get some hope because even in the darkest situation, Christ stands there with a message of hope. It's not all lost. Hallelujah. Jesus was the seed of the woman. He was the seed of the woman. Isaiah 7, 14 says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Praise God. Matthew 1, 21 says, And she shall bring forth a son, and that shall call his name Jesus. Why? For he shall save his people from their sins. Praise God. He wasn't like other men. Mary was overshadowed of the Holy Ghost and the holy thing that was born of her was both God and man. And that's the Christmas story. God came to earth. Hallelujah. He was the seed of the woman and he was the seed of God. Hallelujah. Oh, the incarnation is miraculous. Praise God. The first Christmas message also declared the suffering of the Savior. In Genesis 3.15, God proclaimed, you, Satan, shall bruise his heel. You, Satan, will bruise the heel of the seed of the woman. Only five words of this 28-word sermon, you shall bruise his heel. But these words contain the whole story of Christ, from Bethlehem all the way to Calvary. The destiny of that tiny baby laid in the manger in Bethlehem was to be crucified for the sins of all mankind. And when Jesus took on flesh, he came to the earth with a purpose. He entered Satan's domain knowing that Satan would strike him. Christ was struck. He was struck by the Jews. He was struck by the Romans. He was struck by the leaders. He was judged. He was beaten. He was whipped and he was pierced. And his heel was fixed to the cross. It was the heel of Christ that was fixed to the cross. And it pleased the Lord to bruise him. His heel was bruised. His heel was fixed to the cross. Nails driven through his feet. Satan thought he had won the victory over Christ on the cross. But how mistaken he was. It was only a blow to the heel of Christ. Isaiah 53 says about Christ, he is despised. And rejected of men. Hallelujah. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Listen to verse 5. And as I was studying for this message and came across this verse, my heart leaped within me. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was was bruised for our iniquities. That first Christmas message that was preached at the beginning of time said that Satan would bruise him. And Isaiah stands up and prophesies, he was bruised, hallelujah, for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Verse 10, it says, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Satan thought it was his job to bruise him. No, it was the Lord who bruised him. He hath put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. While Satan thought the cross and Christ's suffering was his idea. It was actually the incredible plan of God. 
before the foundation of the world. God himself allowed the bruising on the part of the plan. And although the crucifixion seemed to be the ultimate blow of Christ by Satan, it was actually only a small wound to the heel of Christ because the death of Christ was the plan to complete victory over sin and death. The first Christmas message prophesied the birth of Christ and the suffering of Christ. But while the heel of Christ was being bruised, he was crushing Satan's head. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. The first Christmas message declared the full and complete conquest of Satan. It shall bruise your head. These five words of the 28 words of the Christmas message contain the complete eradication of evil. I'd like to read Genesis 3.15 from the NIV for you again. And I will put enmity, I will put opposition, I will put hatred between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Listen, the head is the seat of all power. It is the place from where all organs and all systems of the body flow Is it no wonder that on that great morning when he said he would crush the head of the serpent, that was not just, it it was not a coincidence he used that word. Why? Because the head was the seat of power of Satan. And he said, I will crush your head. Do you know that also the head of the serpent is the place where the poison is contained in the serpent? But he said, I will crush the serpent and that poison will have no effect on the human race anymore. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. It's no coincidence that the first message of Christmas prophesied the complete destruction and overthrow of the kingdom of darkness. Hallelujah. It levied a fatal blow to the head or the power of Satan. So I've come with some hope this morning. Hallelujah. You don't have to stay in the state that you're in. You don't have to come in this room bearing down a load of guilt and walk out the same way. You don't have to come with your heart heavy with sin and leave with that same heart. But you've come to a place where you can find salvation. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to tell you what was really said in that first Christmas sermon. Here's what Jehovah said. He said, when I crush you, Satan, I will break your power. Psalm 89 verse 11 says, he shall break in pieces the oppressor. Colossians chapter 2 verse 15 says, in Christ, having spoiled principalities and power, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. He was saying, I will destroy all your politics and all your powers, and I will give a total overthrow to your kingdom. All the kingdom of darkness is defeated, and Christ is the victor. Hallelujah. There's hope today. You don't have to stay in the shape you're in. If you have lived under Satan's power today, is your day of liberation because Satan is crushed. Let me tell you that if you've come here today bound by habits, I want to declare the power of God that that has been crushed. Those habits can be released and you can be a free person in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Jehovah was saying, when I crush you, Satan, I will completely clear away sin. 
I will take care of sin. Hebrews 9, 11, and 12 says, But Christ, being come and high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. By his own blood, he entered into, once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Oh, he said, don't worry, Satan. The sin problem is over. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. When Christ crushed Satan, he completely cleared away sin. So there's hope today. Every sin can be forgiven. Oh, what can wash? Oh, what can wash away my sin? Oh, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 He said, when I crush you, Satan, I will conquer death through my resurrection. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. He became flesh and blood that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. Mm. 1 Corinthians 15, 54 says, So when this, in, when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Anthony quoted it this morning. Thank you. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? When he crushed Satan, he destroyed the power of death. And that is very good news for you because you can live without fear of death. Why? Because beyond death is a resurrection. Oh, hallelujah. It does not all end when you draw your final breath on the planet. Oh, if you've lost loved ones to death, do not despair. There is a resurrection. There is a resurrection. Oh, hallelujah. Death is not the end of it. There is a resurrection. Hallelujah. Jehovah said, when I crush you, Satan, I will fill my creation with truth, the Holy Spirit. And they will have the power to defeat you, the father of lies. He lied to Eve and deceived her. But now, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you have truth in you. And you can defeat Satan. John fourteen seventeen says, Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him. But you know him, because he dwells with you, and he shall be in you. Hallelujah. Oh, the promise. The first Christmas message was the promise of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I want to tell you today that if you have never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, today is your day. The power of God living inside your life. Your life will be forever changed when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Acts 2.38, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. When Satan was crushed, Christ made it possible for you to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Oh, the power of the Almighty God living in you. I remember the day as a child when I was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Oh, do you remember that feeling of being filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, Christ in us, the power of God in us. Hallelujah. Praise God. You didn't know there was so much in those 28 words, did you? 
Count your days, Satan, Jehovah said, because you will be crushed completely when I cast you and all your followers into the lake of fire. Go ahead and count your days, Satan, because there is a day coming where you will trouble the world no more. Hallelujah. Revelation 19 verse 20 says, And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of burning fire with brimstone. One of these days. One of these days. Satan will be vanquished for eternity, and Christ will remain the victor. Hallelujah. So here's the first Christmas message. Christ came to destroy the works of the devil, and Christ came to deliver those who were under bondage. That's the first Christmas message. For that purpose, he was born. For that purpose, did he live? For that purpose, did he die? For that purpose, he has gone into glory. And for that purpose, he will come again. Hallelujah. The putting of enmity between the two seeds was the commencement of the plan of mercy. By his suffering, Christ has overthrown Satan. By the heel that was bruised, he has stepped upon the head, which devised the bruising. Satan intended to make the human race his captives. Listen to me. That was his intention in the Garden of Eden, to make the human race his captives. But we are completely released from the power of Satan. Satan thought the world would be his arena over victory, of victory over God. But instead, mankind, who is is redeemed is the greatest testimony of his defeat. It wasn't enough for him that he had power over some angels. It wasn't enough for him that he came to the planet and ruled the air. But he said, I will become the ruler of mankind. And God said, I don't think so. Oh no, I don't think so. (laughs) This might be your plan, but I am coming to provide complete authority over Satan. He wasn't satisfied with demons at his command. He engineered the sin and demise of man to gain control of man. And Satan thought when he had led Eve astray that he had permanently marred the image of God. But now man can be born again, transformed into the image of God, not only by creation, but by redemption. You were born in the image of God marred by the image of Satan, but through redemption, through transformation. (laughs) Hallelujah. So the last laugh is on the devil this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Satan thought he had doomed man to eternal damnation and hell just as he is destined to suffer. But guess what? He was wrong. (laughs) Praise God. So how is all this the Christmas story? Because it's my story. And it's your story this morning because we have been translated from darkness to light. When someone came and testified to my family who knew nothing of God, we were in complete darkness. But light started breaking into our lives when someone shared the gospel with us. And we were translated from darkness to light. Oh, God. First Peter 2, 9 says, But you are a chosen generation, 
a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness. Oh, as I prayed for you this morning, I could hear the voice of God calling some people out of darkness. He called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He looked at you and said, oh no, you don't have to live this horrible life of sin, dominated by habits and controlled by an evil master. But I came to give you a message this Christmas morning. I'm calling you out of darkness into light. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In 1843, 176 years ago, a British writer was horrified at the conditions under which children were made to labor in tin mines. He decided to write a pamphlet exposing these conditions, and his intended title was An Appeal to the People of England on Behalf of the Poor Man's Child. Thank heavens that this author changed his mind. Instead of a pamphlet, he decided to write a novel, which includes an old man who goes about saying, Bah, humbug. Now you know. Those two little words instantly reveal the book that I'm talking about, A Christmas Carol by the immortal Charles Dickens. Did you know that for 176 years, this little book has never gone out of print? It's been in print for 176 years. Why? Because the message is timeless. Because we all, especially at Christmas time, are looking for redemption. And we need life change. And the good news is we can find it just like Ebenezer Scrooge. Would you stand with me this morning? I have shortly preached for you. It's a sh- praise God. Amen. I have preached for you this morning the first Christmas message again. And this message was originally preached by Jehovah himself to all of mankind. And he preached this message to Satan. But the message is actually meant for you and me today, all these years later. And although you were born in sin, and if you have not found a place of repentance, I'm praying that you are very bothered today. And you were destined to spend eternity in hell with Satan. That is not the end of your story. Because the Savior has come. And you might feel trapped this morning by guilt and condemnation. But that's not the end of the story. Because the Savior has come. How? As you repent of your sins. As you tell God you're sorry. As you realize your situation, you bring Christ's work on the cross into your life. Praise God. As you repent, you change your situation. Hallelujah. As you're baptized, then your sins are completely washed away by the name of Jesus, and he covers your life. And then as you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you are filled with God himself, and that is the Christmas message. Praise God. As I was thinking about this message and praying, I felt to say one more thing this morning. 
I want to ask the question, is there still enmity between you and the serpent? If you have known God, if you've experienced the power of salvation, but you have opened your hands again to the darkness in any way, in any part of your life, I want to challenge you this morning that he said, I will put, I will put opposition between you and Satan. So this message is for everybody. Hallelujah. Because you may have never known the Lord, and so today's your chance to hear this Christmas message. But I felt so challenged in my spirit that if you have known him and light has come into your life, but you've somehow reached out for some darkness. Today is the day to get rid of it. The power and dominion of sin can be completely broken in you, and today is the day. Romans 16, verse 20. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan, where? Under your feet, shortly. It started out with Christ bruising the head of Satan. But the Apostle Paul said, and the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. That means you can live a powerful, victorious life that you don't have to be bothered by sin or entrapped by him because he has paid, Christ has paid the price for salvation and overcoming. Hallelujah. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. I want to close with prayer and invite you to come. If you haven't settled the question yet about where you stand, today's the day to settle it. Hallelujah. If there's some darkness in your light today, life, today's the day to get a hold of the light. Hallelujah. If you don't know where you stand, today's the day to figure it out. If you're worried about your salvation, today's the day to settle it. Hallelujah. If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, today's the day. What are you waiting for? It was the first Christmas message thousands of years ago for you. And if you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, today's the day to be filled with the great power of God. Let me pray and then we're going to come. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. I come against the adversary that you thoroughly crushed. You put him under your feet. Even though he attacked your heel, you have completely crushed his authority in us and to us. And in the name of Jesus, we take authority over his kingdom and release light in this place. God, that light would come into every heart today and this Christmas message, God, would be poured out in our lives. Oh, thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you for standing that day in the garden and giving hope to mankind. Thank you for not leaving us in our sins. Thank you for giving us hope of a better day. God, that we do not have to be contained by Satan, but we can live in complete victory. Oh, I open this altar. Is there anybody today that needs to get your heart right and make your place sure with God? I'm asking you to come. Is there anybody today that wants to glorify God and say thank you for the light that you brought into my life. Oh, don't be afraid. Have some courage today. Today is the day to deal with the sin. In the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name, I worship you right now. In Jesus' name.
This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.